Lamping here, PHRA's Executive Director. Welcome to P4, People, Purpose, Passion, Pittsburgh. P4 is brought to you by our members and sponsors, Latitude and the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. We appreciate their support and we will hear from them throughout the podcast, beginning with the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. Especially in times of uncertainty and challenge, America needs exceptional leaders to guide our healthcare institutions. The highly ranked executive MBA in healthcare at the Joseph M. Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh is designed to empower and enable leaders to think critically, make informed decisions, and inspire confidence. Forge your path into healthcare innovation by visiting business.pit.edu slash EMBA healthcare. In this episode, Megan will provide insight on how to partner with your employees to create a wellness program that is beneficial for everyone. Well, it's it. Welcome to the P4 podcast and thanks for joining us today. Uh, this is a particularly exciting one because we've got to become friends over the last couple of years now. Gosh. Um, so everybody listening, this is going to be a fun and engaging session around Megan from the Cranberry, Pennsylvania area. And we're going to dig in specifically to the well-being and the kind of health side of the HR world. So Megan, the way we kick things off is who you are, where'd you come from, and why are you involved in the HR things? All right, well, Megan Woolerton, I own Life Force Wellness. I grew up and still live in the Cranberry area, so I haven't traveled far. So born and raised here in Western PA, and uh, really just through a series of life events, kind of fell into wellness and partnering with HR leaders. And I've just been loving it every minute of it. It's been crazy, but it's been great. We're on a, a virtual panel, um, maybe about a month and a half or two months ago. And you talked a little bit about a very impactful story that kind of helps you make that transition from where you were to where you are. And I think that's something that really matters a lot right now with everything that's going on uh, in the world, especially at, at the world of work. So um, do you want to share a little bit more about kind of that final trigger that said, okay, I, <laughs> let's make a shift here? Yeah, absolutely. So like, if you look at my background, I have all these certifications, personal trainer, health coach, nutrition coach, corporate wellness specialist, but you would think I'd be in wellness forever. And really I started with a bachelor's in business administration and I got into the working field right about the time as that Marcella shale boom. So my first job out of college was in the oil and gas field and I worked for six years and it was grueling. I mean, when I took on a management role there, I was told by a drill site manager that his drill rig runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so I best be on call 24 seven. And I developed a lot of really bad negative habits. Like my phone is always within reach because I was always anxious a call was going to come in. I became a light sleeper and never got into really good deep sleep. I was stressed out. My relationships were awful. I lost connections with friends and family. And to be honest, something that's that's really ugly in some of those industries is also like substance abuse. It was nothing for us on payday to go and like TJ's hideaway and Butler and buy up the bar and spend a lot of our money just drinking half in celebration that we survived another week and half in sorrow that like this is our lives is just work constantly. And I had an opportunity to leave that industry, but with that leave, I had a non-compete. 
and it made it difficult for me to find another job. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to take this year off, wait for the non-compete to expire and focus on myself. And I hired my own personal trainer and health coach who was a friend of mine and really was able to take an outward perspective of how I was living my life and how burned out I was and really how unhealthy I was. And about nine months later, that coach came to me and she said, so how are you going to keep these healthy habits when you go back into the working world? And I said, you know what? I'm not. I, I want to totally change careers. I feel so good right now. I want to do what you do. I want to make other people feel well. And so that sent me on that journey. And I became a personal trainer and a health coach. And just through a series of events, it really kind of hit me that, you know what? I want to bring this back to the corporate environment. I want to help people that were like me that are in that downward spiral, that are eating unhealthy, they're burning the candle at both ends, they're having issues in their relationships with others, and just really partner alongside them and really teach them how to beat that burnout, set up healthy boundaries, set up healthy habits, and just really take back control of their overall well-being. Wow, beating back uh, the, the the badness, and I think that uh, we got to we got to highlight some of the boxing. Um, so was the boxing before to let out some of that frustration? Did you pick that up with the trainer? When, when did that come into the picture? So actually, a woman that I worked with in the oil and gas field invited me to a fitness boxing class at Butler Cubs Hall. Yeah. And so I went there just for basic weight loss because I lived on pizza and beer in that period of my life. And um, one of the trainers at the gym was like, hey, you're not half bad. I have three other girls I'm training for fights. You want to do it? And I was sure. And I will tell you, they just throw you in the ring. And I almost got my nose broke that first time. And it was one of those instances where you're faced with the challenge of either you hated this experience. It was the worst thing ever. And I never want to do it again. Or it's a like, okay, no, I want to, I want to beat her back. Like, I want to get better at this. Like, and that was my mentality is I wanted to overcome. And so I just, you know, certain people have that spark and um, I just went down that path. So I did boxing competitively for five or six years. Um, I quit obviously when I had my son, Jackson, boxing and pregnancy doesn't go well together. But I did a couple Golden Glove championships and um, had about 14 or 15 fights. My last one actually ended in a TKO in the second round. And so I ended my career on a highlight. So hung up okay, the gloves so you're and now the I trained. not the one that got knocked down. You, you, you didn't get knocked down at the, at the end. We're, we're, we're talking to a champion. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly. it's, it's funny you bring up Cubs Hall. Uh, that's kind of where I started my basketball career. Um, so what we've learned in, in Western Pennsylvania is, you know, PHRA brings a lot of us together. Um and, you know, Western Pennsylvania brings so many people together. So something that you've showed me time and time again, even like we were talking about Liz and the kind of pre on the air today, right? Hey, you know, so-and-so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, shout out to David and Alex and the other people for uh, just being great folks and advocates um, for, for what we're doing. So, Megan, I think we got a little bit of your background. We heard a little bit about YHR. Um, I think you shared kind of what the, the biggest trend uh, is that you want to focus on right now. Let's dig into the, the, the wellness and, and the well-being side of things. And let's just start off, hey, I'm a company. Come to, to you or anybody else and say, give me some tips. How do I get started if I want to do this wellness kind of a program? What should I be thinking about? What should I be asking? What should I be looking at? I would say first and foremost, what are your goals for starting a wellness program? 
Um, I will tell you there are two types of clients that we deal with. There's the ones that are, we just want to start a wellness program because we recognize there's a serious problem and it's affecting our bottom dollar. And, you know, what, what do you have that will be effective? And then there's the companies that are, are truly compassionate and care. And it's, we see that our employees are struggling and hurting and we want to partner with them. And I will tell you that when you take more of a partnership approach, and it's not just about what the company wants, but it's what your people want, your wellness program is going to be far more superior and way more efficient. Because I will tell you that what I see when I go into companies is, oh, well, we want to start a step challenge. We want to start a weight loss challenge. We, and it's okay, but not everyone can walk 10 miles a day. Others are marathon runners. And you know, not everyone is overweight and needs to lose weight. Um, and you could actually make situations worse if you go down those paths. And really taking a global perspective and rolling in a lot of our DEI programs with your wellness is key. And so I would say, you know, what are you doing in your DEI program for everybody? And how do we bring that into your wellness? And then what is it that your employees really want? Have we done a survey? Do they want to lose weight? Do they want to be more active? Do they want education on how to eat healthier? And so the first thing I do is really get to what are the goals? Why are we doing this wellness program? And then second is, what is it that your employees want out of this program? What are they most interested in? Because wellness is such a broad term. And that's why at Life Force, we focus on seven areas of health and wellness. So this could be your physical, this could be your mental, emotional, relational, environmental, or your financial. Did I say financial twice? Um, oh, number seven. What's number So we'll, we'll, we'll get those in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there are seven areas of well-being and um, it doesn't matter, you know, maybe they're having an issue with a loved one at home. Maybe they're having a mental health issue. You know, maybe it's something in their environment, but we go, we partner with them and we look at all those areas of wellness. We actually have a free life force assessment on our website. Anyone can take, and it really shows you where you're being neglecting or where you're flourishing. And so we offer that to companies that, you know, have them take that. And then we can see where is the biggest struggle? Where's the piece that we need to focus on? And they all interconnect. You know, if your employees are struggling with financial wellness and don't know how to make a budget and they're drowning in debt, obviously that stress is going to compound. It's going to cause physical ailments. And then as the body breaks down, it might lead into mental health issues. And so it's really getting to the root cause. I feel like too many wellness programs want to just slap a Band-Aid on things and, and sugarcoat it. But I really thrive on let's get the data and let's dive deep and let's get to the root cause, what's really causing the health issues and focus on those. And so it's taking that time to not just, okay, we just want a wellness program, give everyone a Fitbit, like, no, what, what do your people want and where are they struggling? And let's partner with them there. Yeah. Meet, meet them where they are. I think it's so important. Um, and, and it's not one size fits all. And so, you know, I'm going to have to go back and, and take the assessment on your website again and see kind of where our, you know, growing organization uh, would, would, would chalk up there. Um, I, I love it, you know, talking about the why and then answering the what, doing this. You, you got everything right there. Um, you talked about some of the goals. Thank you. Uh, we'll dig into some more of the resources later. And it's pretty cool how you mentioned the diversity, equity, inclusion link to the wellness, right? All these things are interconnected. And you might say, hey, we can do a proactive approach or a reactive approach. And a lot of organizations have an EAP, 
in place. So is that kind of the same thing? Are we on the same page, different pages? You know, is there a difference between the two? Does one supplement or complement the other? Can you, you know, demystify for me a little bit, at least, please? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, existential is the one I missed. Ah, Going back to my head, purpose, your purpose. It comes back to your purpose. Um, But for EAPs, they are reactive. So EAPs are great. So I will tell you right off the bat, when I come in and I say that I help with mental well-being, I am a positive psychology practitioner. That means I can help with negative thought patterns. We can dive into some serious stress triggers, but I am not a therapist. And we can help identify these are employees that need help. And we provide a safe space where employees can come and open up and talk to us. But we like to partner with companies who have EAP programs and say, you know, you have this other resource. And the EAPs are the ones that really provide the licensed therapists for those that have very real issues that might need, um, you know, a licensed practitioner or might need medication or just need that deeper dive. Um, EAPs are great. I think all companies should have them in place. But the problem is there's also a stigma about them, right? Like you reach out to an EAP when you have a problem. And so it's an issue. And then there's always, you know, that that rumor that, oh, if you go and you call your EAP about a substance abuse problem, it's going to get back to your manager and you're going to get fired. And so we like to come in and provide wellness programs on, okay, let's see what we can do. First off, preventative. Let's Let's try to stop the spiral before it gets to a point where we need that licensed therapist in place. Maybe we can provide that mental resiliency, build up more positive mindsets so that they don't need that level of care. So it's more of a preventative measure, but then also we can help to identify those that do need that level of care and really help guide them to the resources and, and kind of dispel the myths about what really goes on when you call that EAP hotline. So we like to partner and not discourage people from getting an EAP. I think the both work very hand in glove with each other. Got it. Okay. Makes a lot of sense. So if you're talking with, you know, folks that do the EAP, you know, who inside of an organization is kind of responsible for this? Who, like if I'm, you know, I'm this kind of title or that kind of title inside of a company, should I be thinking about wellness? Should I be driving change or being an influencer? Or uh, is this on my plate as a decision maker? Well, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of decision makers just throw it on HR, which is why I'm so involved with the PHRA and other HR leaders, because you know they really just kind of catch it all, whether it's a conflict in the company or a health issue. It's HR that gets that thrown at them. But really, when it comes to our employee wellness, When I had a team in the oil and gas field, I had 27 field guys and seven or eight office employees. And I was very intricate in knowing what was going on with all of them. Like I had a very, it was more than open door. I came to them. Like that's the other thing. The open door policy, you can't just say I have an open door. You need to actually go out and talk to your people and be proactive. And so it was great that employees felt comfortable enough to share with me. For example, I had one girl that had worked with me for years And she came in one day, I could tell she was off, brought her into my office, sat her down, hey, what's going on? What can I do? And it's because I had that relationship with them because I got out of my office that I could sense that. And here she had just recently found out she had thyroid cancer. And so I'm not just sending that, oh, we'll go see HR and talk about what healthcare benefits we have so you can get that test. No, I, as her manager, sat down, okay, what do you need? What's going on? 
obviously there's a lot going on with you personally. So today's not the day I'm going to throw this big project at you, right? Today's not the day we're going to have this hard conversation. You know, I even sent her home, I think for a half day so she could go talk to her family, get her things in alignment. And I think as managers, no matter if you run a small group of people or, you know, you're even just a coworker, I think we all need to be involved and invested in each other because you know, when one person isn't performing well, it affects the whole team. So if one person's struggling, why would you ignore it and throw it to HR? I think everyone needs to, to really dive in and create a community where it's okay to not be okay. And that's one of the things I, I really try to bring into organizations is creating that culture where it's okay to not be okay. And that if you're having a bad day, we're not going to view it as whining or complaining, but you're letting us know what's going on so we can manage expectations better. And so it's not just an HR function. It's an everyone. I don't care if you're a leader or just a coworker. It's everybody's responsibility. You bring up a, an interesting point of every uh, manager is an HR manager, right? And HR falls on everybody's shoulders. I think Dave Baker and John Poutier talked about that in their book. But it's it's true, right? We all, you know, are in this space of people. Now you might say, hey, I'm a, I'm a back office guy, data scientist. I never have to engage with people. Well, at some point, you probably have to talk to your superior or the people that report, right? Those, those different things. So, you know, we all need to be cognizant of this. You brought up something as well, right? The, the world's changing a little bit. And, you know, a lot gets thrown on HR and there's a lot around this accountability piece. And, you know, wellness is something that everybody should be doing. But what happens, Megan, whenever we're not all in the office and we can't walk over to, you know, our accountability person on our on our, our personal board of advisors, right? We can't walk into that, you know, open door, right? The open door office policy. So while we're working from anywhere, um, home, hybrid, remote, Tahiti, right? Um, how can we be uh, cognizant of, you know, wellness and how can we continue pushing it forward? So, I mean, there's tons of, of virtual solutions. And so what, you know, I, at Lifeforce, we have our own app and it's mm -hmm. got a community page and workout videos on demand. So you can work out from anywhere. And that was a great tool, especially when gyms were closing down for COVID. But I think the biggest piece that people like in that app is the community piece. And we can make private groups. And so there's like a mom support group. And then there's like the CrossFit group. And so they can find a community of like-minded people. And it doesn't have to be my app. I've just learned of um, circle.so. You can create private communities. There's other resources out there. But I think that if you take more of a community approach to wellness and really find out what is it that your employees are interested in, and depending on how big your organization is, when I work for much larger organizations that are spread nationwide or worldwide, you know, it's kind of neat to set up groups that, okay, this is the running group. These people have the goal to run a marathon. So we create a group for them and they encourage each other. They set up group challenges. And then you have maybe another group that wants to eat healthier and they share healthy recipes. They make a cookbook together, yeah. but doing things that will bring everyone as a team, even if you separate, if you do decide to do like a step challenge, because they are still very popular that break your, your office into two teams and not have it be a leaderboard of you versus me, but it's team versus team. Because then I, as like a team leader, are going to come and encourage like, hey, you know what, let's let's walk for this meeting. Like we're going to do a walking meeting. We don't need to like bring your notebook and really just get each other going. And even with like Zoom and hybrid, 
you know, they might meet offline and do like a virtual class together. Um, they'll check in with each other's on their stats. There, there's so many different ways to do it. They even do, Fit, I know Fitbit and Garmin offers challenges separate that you can like connect with your friends. And it's like, hey, I ran one more mile than you today. And you can make it fun competitions, challenges, but it's really about making it community-based. And again, that comes back to stop putting this all on HR shoulders on, hey, we want a wellness program, make something up but really get everyone involved. And even I would recommend making a committee that meets on it once a month and picks the challenge, the theme, and do education with the actual physical components of it. It's funny you say that on the uh, LPD call for, for PHRA just a couple minutes ago this morning, Dylan was talking about how they're doing this with Liberty and um, how they're looping DEI into their wellness program as well. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's real, folks. Like, take, listen, listen to what Megan's saying. Um, okay, Megan, we're going to go into the uh, quick fire questions, um, you know, part, part of the podcast here. So I'm going to ask you a few things and just quick, quick responses, whatever comes to the top of, uh, top, top of mind. Um, scarf model, what is it? So that is David Rock. He's a neuroscientist. Uh, I presented it as the five main primary stress triggers. S stands for status. C is certainty. A is autonomy. R is relatedness. And F is fairness. Got it. Um, your roles at PHRA, you mentioned that earlier. Just quick clarification for us. So I just became a board member at the PHRA. I've been a speaker and I sit on the signature events committee. So I am just happy to help wherever I can. I, I really enjoy the PHRA. It's been a top amazing. speaker, a top speaker. I got to make yeah, sure behind you, you, you had to show me up, right? <laughs> Pete had to come hey, and cream hey. us all. This is about you. This <laughs> is about you. Okay. Um, all right. So a book that you're reading or have read and would recommend to other people. So two books I always recommend. Number one, Carol Dweck's growth mindset book or mindset book. That was seriously a life changer for me. That Reading that book really shifted me to develop life force wellness. And the second one is Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you are somebody that is desperate to break bad habits or develop new healthy habits, his book is phenomenal. Right. We've been friends for a couple of years now. Carol Dweck, I've read about her. I didn't know she had a book as well. My gosh, I love the research. Thanks for the re-reminder. It goes <laughs> to show, even if you meet people and you know them, continue to have the conversations. All right, next one is advice to your younger self. So Megan, uh, before the boxing days, perhaps, or maybe just getting into the, the oil and gas days, uh, you know, what, you're walking out of TJ's hideaway one night, you say, hey, I'm the older Megan. Here's the advice I'd give to you. What would that be? Could it be buy Bitcoin? Could I just that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, after that, yeah. Okay, um, I would say, you know, that it, really this is just a phase. I feel like one of the things I learned, especially through Carol Dweck's book is we're always growing and that we're just going through different phases and this too shall pass. So whether you're experiencing a good time or a bad time, it's a phase and things are gonna change. It's gonna cycle and you're going to grow. And so just remember that this is, this too shall pass. The good, the bad, the ugly, and everything else that comes with it. All right. Uh, last one that we added into season two of P4 is a question about what's on your desk or the desk around you. So is there something like a desk toy, a fidget XYZ that you have? I know well, you're not it, big on distractions, but go yeah. ahead. So one of the things I teach in my environmental piece is to eliminate the distractions to boost productivity. So I don't have 
candy dishes, toys, that kind of stuff on my desk. But what I do have is a timular. I don't know if you've ever seen these. It's like a dice. And so when I do a different task, I hold it up. So if I'm on the phone, I roll it to the phone. If I'm doing marketing, I roll it. If I'm being creative and developing a workshop, if I'm connecting with somebody on Zoom, if I'm posting to my social media, checking my emails, you turn the dice and it watches your time. And it gives me a chart on where am I spending my time in a day. And then I can see maybe where my time suckers are so that I can adjust my schedule or I know I need to give myself more time to check emails or be creative. So it connects with my computer Bluetooth. And so then it helps me to be more productive. All right. Well, my birthday is coming up. So, um, you know, just, just a reminder, <laughs> Megan, thanks so much for joining us today. It's always a pleasure. Look forward to seeing you just about everywhere in Western Pennsylvania soon and safe travels as you continue your international work. Excited to hear more about how Life Force Wellness continues uh, growing and developing. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. People do matter. And at the end of the day, we cannot get any work done if we don't have the right people in place. Are your people connected? Latitude is the one-stop shop people connection software platform. Our software workshops and programming facilitate new employee onboarding, manager 101s, stay interviews, mentorship programs, and peer networking to increase retention, engagement, satisfaction, productivity, profitability, and happiness. Imagine a technology that intersects your calendar with LinkedIn, Zoom, Google Docs, and your CRM. Contact Latitude today to schedule a conversation. The PHRA P4 podcast was created to help build HR readers through discussions with thought and business leaders on the most critical success factor of any business, its people. If you enjoy an episode, Please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast and providing us a rating. We would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode, tag PHRA, and share it with your followers. Until next time, thank you.